And welcome to Okay, okay Chaos. <laughs> Guys, I have something to tell you. Tell us. This is the last intro of our first season. <gasps> that is Can so you wild. Believe it? What? We've we been done the whole season. We done dinner whole season. Who is consistency? It is us. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. And you know what's so crazy is it's it hasn't felt like it's been eight weeks. No, not at all. It hasn't. Wow. I know. And I'm only and it's only eight, eight episodes too. So I can only imagine how it feels like for people who've like hit their hundredth episode or like three hundred. Now I see why it's such a big deal to them. You know what I mean? Because like cause... just Hey, it feels even it feels eight good. is a big deal for us, man. For sure, Bruh, for real. Hey, if you're still here, my guys, thank you, thank you. We so appreciate much. you, I know. man. Yeah, if I know. this is your well, first episode, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Go back, listen from the beginning. We got listen you. Listen to the rest. Here, same place, same time. Imagine. <laughs> yeah, man. I know. Um, we're recording this episode a week before um so we have a couple of things right now gavani would probably be in the states or actually i'll be in the sky i will be yeah about to land when we should be recording so yeah what's going on with that tell the people um so i'm traveling for work first who is that who travels for work but anyway i'm traveling for work um there's a conference on podcasting in dallas so i'll be there for the week um so because of time differences and all of those things i won't be here at the normal time um when we record so it's like guys can we please do it a week early so that i'm not in i'm not not in the last intro i know we would never do it without you we can do Bruh. it dirty I, I would also understand i would be like yeah. I, i'm so sad i i just tell you you know what i'd have done i'd have told you guys to record your intros and then send it to me and then i'd have been like wow really oh my god i don't know <laughs> and then <laughs> brought it Insert to ad libs here our super questions yeah. there add it to our super yeah. editor who would make it seem seamless like i was with you guys when you did it yeah yeah, other than that, personally, me, I would have nothing going on in my week other than regular stuff. So <laughs> don't worry about it, guys. You're not missing out on anything. There's nothing that I'm looking forward to and there's <laughs> nothing that is changing. And if there is, we might yeah, do a bonus something on Instagram. So follow us on Instagram. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I like how you're saying that. And then now what if we land on like yak and yam? You'd just be like, tururi. <laughs> we still have yet to yeah, spin the wheel. We haven't even spun yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, she can't um, have a yakenyam. Her last week, her, her week for travel and COVID is enough yakenyam for like the season. Honestly, bra. yeah. I've bra, yakenyamed enough. Yakenyamed enough in August. I'm enough over it. Garrett, <laughs> Garrett. Um, yeah. Okay. So do you want us to just go straight into it then? You haven't said anything. Say it. hi to the people even. Oh, me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. we're up. Predict oh, your week. <laughs> what were you gonna say? <laughs> I was like, "What's up, my niggas? Wake up, my niggas! What is that song? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Why did you have to make it sound like a choir? Uh, well, but because, you know because you of know. Nini, 
because of bombers the choir for elections is still also, in her mind that is the <laughs> mvp but you know i also have to sing choir style like is it but hold on let me tell you something that song is like i feel like all nairobi clubs are obsessed with that song right? like but literally every single time you go to the yeah, club yeah, yeah. that song has to play a hundred percent yeah so i which is why also like you know that kakid of yours mine yeah, was yeah. I I feel it like that. Like it's it's, it's that kakwa style. Anyway, but otherwise I'm good. I'm good. No 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 news to report here. If there um, is, follow us on us. Instagram. What's that? I'm telling them if there's news, we'll tell them on Instagram so they follow us. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That's yeah. real life updates. Yeah, I know. I let's pin, pin for the last time this season. Like a wicker spin, 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 yeah. Because only we need to get you a new song for next season. No. We're so close. Guys, next season we'll get it. It's Yakenyam. It's Yakenyam. I predicted. I just change it. Spin it I again. Know where we're spinning. I spin reverse, again. Reverse. Yeah. One time. Like a record. Re spin, spin, spin it. Yeah. Hey, Wallan selector. <laughs> spin, 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 spin it. Yeah. I'm doing it choir version for Nyam. Do, do, do. Yeah. You have to do it in soprano. So, What's my guys, it's perfection because it's on my wall, which is what we started with. Oh, so it's like a cute it's way to end right also. What a spin! Exactly. Oh, no, no, I have You've got next next season. You spin my head right round, right round. Um, I'll take and you were telling me about choir style. I did. We're doing it for you, man. Oh, thank you. On my wall. Who's on your wall? If you have a suggestion for a spin song that you think we should use next season, send it to us. Then we yes, need it. We'll I'll put start. In consideration. You ready? Go. I don't I'm know why ready. I'm so hyped right now. Um, yeah, let's do it. So Who's on your wall? On my wall this week, um, I'm going to cheat because it's kind of like, hey, is that rain? Guys, can you guys hear that? <laughs> you guys, you're so <laughs> spazzy. So we can't hear the rain though, but <laughs> until I was like, the rain is on the wall. <laughs> no, 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 no. It just started raining a hard one and it was just so sunny. Sorry, I'm all over the place. Yes. Um, on my wall is Beyonce because, all right. let me tell you, I'm still fake. Tell I us. have not listened to her album. And it's Same. now what? A month out or what is it? Are you serious? I've never listened. Same. I've never Say Swaya. Swaya. Swaya too. Listened. Swaya too. You're the only Whoa. one who is Swear 3 who's the listened. You are the only one. I'm so surprised, actually. Butua is my face. Yeah. How? But um, <laughs> there's this one song called Alien Superstar that I've been jamming to. I it, Obviously, it was trending on Instagram. So I was like, hey, what this song? And then <laughs> I, <laughs> I started listening wow. to it every morning um, when I'm driving to work because it just, it just empowers me, you know? And wow. it's just such a empowering song. So Beyonce is on my wall, Alien Superstar. Wow, that's wow. So cool. I really love so the album, good. to be honest. I don't think I'm a Beyonce fan or stan. I just think she's the SI unit for excellence. Um, 
in music. So yeah, anything she drops, I have to listen. And then also, it's just like that album is my vibe. Um, yeah, very like funk and like it's reminiscent of like old school Jamiroquai vibes and just mm-hmm. like yeah. Mm. So she's a she's a dope person to have on your wall for sure. So but listen to the album also, guys. I will, just I will. Listen. It's just that I don't know. I just haven't had time. Be serious. And every time that I've wanted to listen to it, it hasn't been my vibe. And you have to listen. Just listen once from start yeah. to finish, so that you can feel the transitions. Like, I feel like that's the best way to understand the whole album. Then now after that, you can pick and choose like the alien superstars. Did you read your nails? Wow. Who me? Yeah. No. Why do they so look? Oh, oh, you did matte. They almost look like your natural nail color. Yeah, she so changed by doing matte. That's mat. what I choose. Yeah. Anyway, digression. Yeah. So, um, on your wall? that's a good person to have on your wall. Gadani, you want to yeah. go next? No, you go. To be honest, I... Hmm, let me see. Who's on my wall? Who's on my wall? Oh, I know who's on my wall. Um, Bithy is on my wall. Ah, whoa, 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 yeah. Uncle Flank. Um, I, he has just recently, um, he's, he has a short that's opening at the Toronto International Film Festival. Um, pew, 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 so pew, I'm pew, pew, really whoa. excited for him. Um, yeah, it's called Baba. And so I'm really looking Baba is in B-A-B-A or Barbar? Yeah. B-A-B-A. <laughs> no, like I said father. it correctly. Baba. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So I'm I'm really excited. Um, she was like, "Are you being Kenyan about your pronunciation?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to hype him up and make sure that people are not searching Baba. Where are you adding the R from? It's Baba short film. What's, on what's the guy who knows your hair called? A Baba. Oh, you want me to exactly. say Baba? Also. <laughs> <laughs> This is one of those aluminum aluminium stories. Anyway, um, yeah. So I think it's also super special to have my friend on the wall, um, like someone that's I awesome. know, and also like just a band is releasing new music soon. Woo-woo-woo. So that's another reason he would be on my wall, and also just for being a really dope human being. Best um, for sure. That's awesome. Yes. Good for him. So yeah, that's that's who's on my wall. Gadoni. So good. I should have gone before Nyam because now this is going to sound bad. Um, I'm going to do it like Snoop. Um, I want to thank me. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, man. Gadoni <laughs> <laughs> said, I am on my wall. Said, I, I said, on my wall. what is on my wall is a mirror. Okay. And I'm standing in front of it because, yo, listen. Actually, in fact, let me change it. I think it's the three of us. I'm very proud of us for doing this podcast, for doing this season. And based on the feedback I've heard from people, it's like listening to people attached to one of us being like, oh my God, I have like a colleague who's always like, every time I listen to your big sister, I'm just like, why is she inside my head talking (laughs) thoughts out loud, you know? And people being like, oh my God, your small sister is so cool. Is that what, you know, all of that. And when mm. I, when we were starting this podcast, I didn't think 
I know we had conversations about is it for the people? What are we doing it for? And all of that. But seeing that mm. people actually like it and that yeah, people mm. are like, you're making a difference. Um, hearing people being like, I heard this and it made me think about something different or listen to people who like are in the professional like therapy side of things and being like mm. something you said is going to help me with a client of mine. You know, such stories where mm. it was beyond anything that we thought we could do. Like that was not even yeah. a thought we had when we were starting. But like, mm. brah, that's well worthy. So you know what? It's not even, it's like a mural. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> it's a mural on the world. All your things can be stuck on the mural, but our faces are on my wall because I think... Aww. I think we've done a really good job. Also, like, I mean, like, we didn't for, I feel like our, it's like, uh, you know how they tell you kids have core memories formed? Um, Like, certain things happen in your life and it's like a core memory. I feel like this is a core memory mm-hmm. in our relationship as siblings. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Wolwathi. So, on my wow. wall is you two bitches. And myself, I'm in the middle because I'm the middle child, not because I'm cooler. <laughs> Though I'm cooler, but I'm in the middle. <laughs> it's like God knew what he was doing. Yeah, Clearly. I was like, what a smart fella. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Wow. God was on, he knew. He was like, this is excellence. You know, in speaking the Bible, when you read of things. God. Speaking of God. And, yeah, he looked <laughs> at it you. and said, it was good. Speaking Even of this God, episode this you're about to listen faith. to. Yeah, we're talking. We're talking faith. faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it a trigger That's warning? The trigger I don't warning. know. That's it. <laughs> I don't know if it'll trigger you, but faith it's is what not even did. a trigger. Yeah, I don't think it's a trigger. It's just um, that's the topic of the week. We're talking faith. We're talking our journeys with church. We're talking about personal religion and personal spirituality. And mm. it's a really good episode. It's kind of long. So we're trying to keep our intro a little brief so we don't lose you. But if mm-hmm. you're still here and have been here for the eight weeks, I just want to personally thank you. Thank and you um, we really do appreciate you. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for the support. Thank you for mm-hmm. just um, being there. Yeah, Yeah. and we'll be back with season two. Um, We'll update you guys when. Follow us on the Instagrams if you want to know more. Yeah, man. Follow us at OKKiasai. Enjoy this episode for the last time. Let's go. Okay, so welcome back. On this week's episode, we are talking all things faith, religion, church, all those belief systems that we might have that we might have been raised with Mm -hmm. it's gonna be an interesting one today i am super looking forward to this one so um like we've mentioned already in previous episodes we grew up in different households however when it came to religion i feel like we may have had different experiences as well um so i'm gonna go ahead and start sharing mine if you guys don't mind sure go ahead um so how were you raised faith-wise well um (laughs) (laughs) do you want me to ask you i was raised so how were you raised faith-wise thanks 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 (laughs) oh my gosh i feel so special being asked questions I'll I, be that's, that's one of the tactics I've learned teaching high school. You know, when you ask a question and then you answer it for yourself, because these, <laughs> these people just stare at, you, at you like, like mm. I don't fucking care. I was forced to be here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just here because it's illegal for me not to be. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, how I was raised faith-wise? Well, I grew up Christian. Um, I was raised in a church. 
my mom was very involved in the church and so was our father mm-hmm. um, growing up. Mm-hmm. So when we lived in the same house, we used to go to an Anglican church because that's how Baba used to... PC, PC, PCA. Saint Andrews was PCA. What's the difference? It's like a bit more Protestant than Anglican, but it's still very not Protestant. Okay, a mixture of Protestant and Anglican is what Saint Andrews (laughs) is, apparently. Both of you are very fake. Protestant is all of them. It's just a little bit more liberal. How did we spend... When we were protesting from... Like, when they were protesting from... Catholicism. Catholicism. These guys just, like, walked to the fence. You know what I mean? (laughs) <laughs> and there's guys who like made it to the street that's what i mean like By a way. little protesting like they didn't over protest they were just like we don't like the color of your walls and please, then to, like please Lord. listen guys like build something um, in the courtyard do you know what i mean that's don't, what i mean don't come for us in the fact check these are purely gazani's opinions i don't believe you can track that back to history but but yeah, I don't mean okay. Like so how about we do this? How about we say this, Gavani, How about we say this? Um, we went to St Andrews. Yes. Okay. What whatever you that, let me just say also before people at me. What I meant is like Anglican and PCA still have a lot of things that are very similar to the Catholic faith. Yes. So they kept a lot of the things like the systems. way the systems work, um, structure, how the structure mm-hmm. is, how the service is run. That's what I mean. But in Anglican and PCA, Anglican are closer to the structure of the Catholic Church than the PCA. Are. That's what I meant by they broke off. Just they protested a bit more. That's what I meant. <laughs> just allegedly. so that you all don't at me. But yeah. allegedly, yeah, yeah. That's, what I meant. Allegedly. that's what I meant. Allegedly, yeah. we're not deacons, so I don't even know anything. But our father but I will was. Listen. I was will he a listen. deacon? I will listen to what my sister tells me. Yeah. So moving on, moving on with my story, mm-hmm. we went there, and then I think mom found it really boring and did not like that style of church mm-hmm. so what ended up happening is we used to split churches because mm-hmm. baba wanted to keep it very traditional and keep going to that church whereas mom wanted to go to like nairobi chapel or um nairobi baptist those are the two churches i remember growing up in um and then i think we had a choice of who we wanted to go to church with mm-hmm. now let me tell you something from my um stand of view from my viewpoint (laughs) (laughs) yes from your stand of view from my viewpoint Mm -hmm. church was never an option it was always you're going so it's either you're going to the anglican place or to saint andrews or you're going to nairobi chapel and nairobi baptist so that was until um well my parents were still together once they got divorced um there was a well, we'll touch on this in a different episode. Needless to say that my mom didn't um, go to Nairobi Chapel anymore. She didn't go to Nairobi Baptist. Neither did she go to St. Andrews. We ended up going to this one church called Children's Church in mm-hmm. um, Westlands. And it was more PCA, Anglican, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when I tell you that church was the best church ever, because when I tell you it was an hour, it was <laughs> one hour. Yeah. So, you know? That's why I remember spending a lot of my childhood days until maybe I reached like 10 or 11, where when we moved to Karen, we started going to Karen Vineyard Church. Hey, hey, hey. Sure. Just, sorry. <laughs> Say that again. I didn't hear you. Where did you start going, please? Karen Vineyard. Uh-huh. to call it that. Church. Church. Bless Prisler. Exactly. And that's kind of Growing. where I went until I left Kenya when I was 18. Now, when it came to church, mom didn't play. You would go to church Sunday, 
you would go to by the time you were 18 a hundred percent gathering oh, it was like to where like um we would go for um we'd, i'd go for sleepovers and then she'd be like okay are you gonna be dropped off in time for church on sunday or are you going to church with them mm. so because i went to christian private school obviously most of my friends would go to church on okay. Sundays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time she wouldn't be concerned with me going to um, a sleepover. A sleepover because she knew I would be going to church the next day. I'm telling you, Gadoni, even when I turned 18 That's and was living in her wild. house, like I would go to the club with my friends on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And my mom, well, you know, just for you guys, like mom is one of those people who... Like, once I turned 18, do what you want. I could do what I wanted in terms of what was legal. Like, she had no problem with alcohol. She had no problem with me going mm. out and everything because I was legal. However, um, <laughs> make it back home in time for church. Exactly. That's it was like, wild. so you're going to go out. So I'm telling you, there's so many times that we would leave um, Westlands, like, maybe at 6, 7 in the morning. <laughs> And then, you know, you exit the club and the sun is rising and you're like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Like, and then I would go back to Karen, um, take a nap and then be ready for church at, I don't know if it was 1030 or whatever it is. And we would be mm-hmm. at church. Although sometimes I would meet mom at church. I would be like, okay, I'm going to just join you there. And then it's only when I would come back from vacations from college, like when I came over um, during the summers and stuff like that, where... Um, I was. You could opt out. I could opt out. I was like, Mom, I'm not doing this. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. she was like, Are you sure? I'll come to church, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Mom, I'm not coming with you. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I feel like after 18 and after I moved out of her house was when I was given an option. Now, something I forgot to mention is that she was very involved in the church in worship. So I grew mm. up singing with her in the worship team at um, different churches that we were at. Um, because of that, like I knew all the pastors, I knew all the admin, I knew mm. all these people. And like we would be there on Saturday for rehearsal, like midweek. Sometimes we would have Bible studies. I would be the kid that was always there. So when it came to knowing the insides and the outsides of church, I was there. You were the one. You I knew the, the drama. I knew the drama of people who are disagreeing Mm -hmm. in the executive leadership or whatever it is. I knew all the tea that was going on in church. So, yeah, that's kind of how I was raised faith-wise. Oh, that's dope. Um, For me, I feel like, yes, when we were young, we had to do that thing for, we used to do St. Andrews, and I remember because chapel had cooler Sunday school, what we'd do is I'd sneak up because you could walk from chapel to St. Andrews walk to chapel for Sunday school and then walk back down because there was enough time to like do the service. So how the PCA would do it is like you do praise and worship with the children, the children go to Sunday school and then you all leave church. So when we'd break for Sunday school, I'd never go to my class there. I'd go to Nairobi chapel. Mm, this is and, when and they were Sunday at Mamlaka. School. Yeah, when yeah. you're at Mamlaka. So I'd go to Sunday school and then when it's done, I'd walk back down to St. Andrews because that's about the time quote, quote unquote big church was getting done, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I feel happened. But then what happened along the way is I went for a camp. I feel like also, um, Vava, father, Vava didn't like necessarily stay. He was a deacon, are they called deacons? Hmm. He was a deacon at St. Andrews, but I don't think he actually used to stay, stay there. So what would happen is he started doing this thing where he'd follow series at churches. So like we'd go to nairobi baptist because there's a certain pastor who was preaching for the month and so mm-hmm. that's where we'd go for the month mm-hmm. then they'd be like a series at 
npc that he liked and then we'd go there for them you know like that kind of thing so it became like a church hopper situation and then there's a time we went to nairobi baptist for like i think two months and then when it was time to go back i was like nah bra it's cool i'm easy i'm not coming with you and he was like yeah whatever i think that's one of the things where how old were you but that's older gadani that's way about, older um you are at least 14 no because we were still at or oh, 15 16 were we still at upper hill when i was 16 no because no. we were at upper hill because i remember i used to walk to nairobi baptist you were in high school yes so we'd walk sometime like we'd go to church together that time but then i feel like it wasn't I all don't i'm remember. saying is you were in your teens it's not early no days. no it was an early days yeah. no, no, for sure it was an early days then one of these times when we'd gone for like one of those sessions Wait, of hold like on. A month, i have a clarifying question ask you were given an option to go to church no i'd have to go to church it's just the option of which church oh gotcha mm-hmm. gotcha yeah so um, i was like wow <laughs> oh my goodness no, no, no. an option no, that didn't happen crazy. at least until i was i don't know when it happened i need to re- I, I i can't remember specific uh, specifically <laughs> <laughs> so um then one of these times when we got to baptist for like one of those things there was a teens camp that was being announced and i remember i was in form two so i was about 15 mm-hmm yeah 15 16 15 16 so 15 and so i went for camp and i made friends hey squad and then i was just like my guy god bless you with that church of yours me i'm going to be coming here so then what happened is now when yam came back from school i was like um you can come with me because now ideally it was i'm going one side and Mm. he's going one side you know what i mean so I'd be like, you can decide if you're coming. It was basically the same thing. It was like, you can come with me or you can go with him. It's your choice. We still mm. had to go to church, right? So then I went there. That's where I met a lot of my friends. That was fun. Um, that's when I got into like actually lies. When I was in St. Andrews, I was that child who would do like the special in the middle of offering. Like explain to the non-church folk what that, what means. that means. So yeah. offering is when you give money to the church because you need the church to grow and like pay pastors and all of that so they'd be a special think of like when there's a wedding and people are signing their certificates how there's just that awkward silence so basically i was the awkward silence breaker while people were giving money so i was actually who'd be like oh yeah <laughs> okay. and that's where her career began and ended girl <laughs> don't at me you know i can sing <laughs> hold them notes up so i used to sing like for a couple of things i think there's a couple of times i joined the worship team for like the early service but i was still very young i like i had no business doing that i was like what 10 with people who are in their 20s why i was doing this i don't know i thought you but know, that but was also when too. you grow up yeah when you grow yeah, up when you grow up in the church you feel like you're called but you know at least you were going with mom me was being like you need to drop me because i have worship team practice <laughs> i mean like had i not heard about cartoons I'm so confused. Anyway, um, then now when I went to, when I switched church is, is when I got more involved in church. So worship team um, for like the teens service, I became, I refused to be in a committee. I refused. If you're in that church, you know how hard it was to do that. I was put in a committee and I just didn't show up for meetings until the event happened. Um, I am not sorry. And then like. Wait, I don't even know what that means. So at Nairobi Baptist, at a certain point, like after you finish 
um, form four because you get in charge. You know, like how light would be run by the people who cleared school. Then after that, you're in charge of like conference. You're in charge of the next like camp. You're in charge of like all of those things. So I was put in a committee because like because I lead worship and everything. They normally just pick people to be a part of the committee that would run or plan or whatever it is. And a lot of people would be like, it would just be an automatic thing in the same way it's you led worship. It's just a new involvement. step. Yeah, it's just a new step in your, this is where you exist. This is who you are. This is what we expect kind of thing. And I was put in a committee and I went for the first meeting and my best friend <laughs> was the chairperson. And after the meeting, I was just like, you know, I'm not coming back, right? Because I don't want to be here. And she was just like, it's fine. I get it. And so I never showed up for another meeting. But because it's not one of those things where you'd be asked or whatever it is, they can't also come and be like, why aren't you showing up for? Because I didn't volunteer. Whereas for everything else, you're actually volunteering, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's where my first break in the norm of what relig- like your exp- what is expected of you, I think that's the first time I broke it. Where it's not that I stopped going to church, but I just didn't do what was expected of me. Okay, that's so interesting. So, uh, as you know by now, Gadoni and I grew up in the same house. But what's blowing my mind is that I think we have different memories of how some things happened. But that's also okay. So, I think we used to go to St. Andrews for a while, all of us together. And then we all went, as the girls, to Nairobi Chapel um, strictly for a couple of years. Um, And then when the folks split is where the option became do you want to continue going to nairobi chapel for you and i um and that's when you would go we were because we were very firmly going to st andrews again um and now it was do you want to go to nairobi chapel but regardless some of the things i feel were really important was like sunday school um i think when we were younger Camps were really important. Uh, so we used to go to Word of Life every year, maybe uh, every holiday or twice in the year. And so we also met a lot of our community of friends in those uh, camps. As well, there was Vacation Bible School, oh, which yeah. was yeah, yeah, VBS. VBS. Um, and we, we would go with our cousins. I like the Bible. <laughs> 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 no, no, my favorite was the fruits of the spirit. Is I love, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, so we were oh in God. the mix. We really were. And we always yeah. ran away to each other's room. Oh my God, that was so Yeah, so I think those are some key things that were part of our bringing where faith is concerned too. Mm. Um, and that's where we also got to hang out with our cousins. I think those are like, I have nothing but fond memories of those times, you know, oh, like estates and all of that. Um, we should also mention that our folks were very deliberate about doing devotions at home every day. A hundred percent. So oh, yeah. we grew up, you know how at night oh, American children read Bible stories, not Bible stories, they read books. Rapu. 
Rapunzel <laughs> or whatever books um, we would always um, read from like our daily bread or something and, and pray together and I don't know if Baba did this but I know for mom what she did is she always used to she, I think she had a subscription of those um, devotions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they were always age appropriate so yeah. like the devotions would be oh, so there was white peas oh for God. teenage exactly. and uh, I think throwback. the kid one I forget what it was called but yeah you, you had was so dope, we were encouraged to have what is called quiet time so you could do it (laughs) yourself um but then there was also the family one and before bed yeah yeah. and then they'd make you like sometimes they'd be like tomorrow is your day yeah so it was not that only parents do the reading sometimes it's if it's your day then you're the one who reads the castori and the verse i think also we were raised in a lot of memory verse culture um so and i feel like those that's kind of how those books were structured too because it was almost like um this is the verse we're gonna be reading Mm -hmm. or this is the main focus of this part um the story hey this particular book and so by the end of the book you're technically expected to have memorized exactly Mm -hmm. whatever yeah so i think because of through those daily devotions um, through things like salty and all these things where you learn to memory verses, vegetables oh. for for vegetables came after our time. But we still jumped to it. True, but I think salty was more deliberate about like scripture. That's you true. know how many people have mentioned salty too and have no idea who that is. It breaks my heart that you, you can't even find don't him on YouTube. I swear to God, they don't know charity touch mouse. They don't oh know any God. of those things. Like we need to put a poll on our Instagram when this episode comes yeah. out of like who knows these people because yeah. salty. I'm just like please Google. But the new age salty is not cute. But it's he's fine. less creepy. I feel like Salty wasn't creepy. Yeah, but then when you but look at the new one, also with her pink hair. I mean, like when you look at the new one versus the old one, the okay, old one yeah. was creepy. And also, I feel like everything of ours was creepy in comparison. I don't think people knew what the limits should True. be. Yeah. So, um, because of it, I feel like it was natural to us to serve in church as well. So, like you've had, even I was in the worship team, or I was an usher, and ushers are the ones who show people to their seats and also collect the offertory. Um, there was always, yeah, I, I once was in a dance troupe. There was always this um, idea that, your faith is not enough in terms of personal relationship but how you show that relationship with god is how you serve people whether it's in the church it was automatically in the church at that time weren't you also a bible study leader at one point fam (laughs) they were called disciples no i was not a disciple you never became a disciple i know I was not. Um, But I did lead Bible studies. I used to sing. Um, They had like a special prayer service on Sundays that I used to be a part of. But um, in terms of my church history, um, I... When we became old enough, of course, when you go to boarding school, now it's like there's, there's some level of independence. So... While Gadani started going to um, 
Baptist, I was going to Nairobi Pentecostal Church. I used to go to Fortress. Um, so by this time now, everyone would just go to the church that they prefer. Um, and it's not until I think Baptist was having a conference because I didn't go for the camps uh, with Gadoni. So they had a conference and I went, I kept an open mind and the whole time I was just Gadoni's sister. Um, gang, gang. <laughs> but the, the again, shall be the first. yeah, I, I made friends now. They are also my lifelong friends are friends from church. Um, so uh, in, in that sense, church has been a big part of, of my life thereafter. And now, of course, I served actively in the church for quite a number of years. I, I think all my life until I moved to Kampala for sure. Um, and yeah. I feel like it also kept me away, out of trouble when I was a teenager because it was so much fun to be at church with your friends. Mm-hmm. And like on the holidays, for example, Baptist had the Tuesday and Thursday thing. So you're all like, I'm going to go to church on Tuesday and Thursday because I get to hang out with my friends. So it was just a thing. It wasn't necessarily I'm going to church. It's I get to hang out with my friends all the time and, and then we're you always guys, in church. Yeah, you guys would drag me along to those things too. Yeah. So I feel like it ended up becoming my thing. And I also had my circle at Nairobi Baptist yeah. too, where you guys would lead. And then like my crew kind of almost started taking over when you guys um, got mm-hmm. older. Mm-hmm. And then I was the one going to the camps and doing all that Mm -hmm. stuff and then your friends were like my camp counselors and it was so weird because i was just kind of like oh my gosh like you're in charge of me what (laughs) (laughs) because like i would hang out with them because of you guys so yeah yeah so it was actually really cool and it really did give me the best friends the best like best best human beings my most favorite human beings are the people i met in church so it was an amazing time as well so that's kind in that space yeah so that's based on how we like grew up right Mm -hmm. so like when we're talking about like when faith actually became personal to you gavani when do you say that was like when did you acknowledge it not as something that you were made to do rather than something that was personal to you so around when 1920 i started working actually it was 21 i started working at a company that expected me to work on sundays right so i couldn't do the concerts i couldn't do the um, what do you call it? Like praise and worship. I couldn't do the all of those things that I was meant to. Like I had gotten so used to doing the outward show of affection. I mean of Christianity. I am Christian cause I lead. You know that thing. I couldn't do that anymore. So I remember there's one day I got an off day on a Sunday, and I came to church. And I remember one of the church leaders was like, "Oh my God!" So it used to get this vibe of like. I don't know if you've been, if you've grown up in church, you know about backsliding. There's a theory that if you were in leadership and you suddenly didn't come to church, there was like, you have left the church and you are of the world. If you've grown up in church, these words make sense to you. If you didn't, I don't know how to explain it in any other sense than what it is. And so when I came back, I remember a church leader walked up to me and was like, you know that handshake of, it's so good to have you back. As if I had done like something innately wrong. And it's like, you have come back to the church and we welcome you. And I was just like, it pissed me off because I was just like, not once in the time I was away, did anyone follow up with me to find out where it is I have been and you're treating me. I think for me, it was anger of, I didn't do anything wrong, but you're treating me like I did something wrong, which also is trippy because I felt like I had some hierarchy level of, 
I'm not like Nani who did this. Mm. I didn't even get pregnant. Why are you treating me? You know what I mean? Like, because <laughs> you're like, if I got pregnant and came back, I get this handshake you're giving that me. Is but bra, trauma, man. yeah, it's fact. I'm like, you're giving me a handshake. Like I went and did something wrong and came back when I've been working. And the fact that none of you checked on me. So at that point in time is when I stopped going to church. So even if I had the day off, I wouldn't go to church. And weirdly, in that being away from church is when I discovered faith for myself. So because I read the Bible for myself, it's that thing where I got into a space where I'd ask questions and just be like, what's happening and why? And reading things in the Bible about like, you know, we're taught like if you're not in church, then you can't understand the Bible. But if you read the Bible, it tells you about the Holy Spirit. So you ideally could read the Bible. You know, that kind of thing. Or like going to Bible studies without actually going to church where we just sit down and ask each other questions that almost quote unquote would be taboo to ask in the church or like genuinely this is what I'm going through. I'm not trying to prove anything to anyone. And I think when I released that need to be Christian for people Mm -hmm. is when I found my faith like what I believe in and everything because it was no longer, you know, they always say it's a personal work. And I think that's the first time it made sense because I wasn't doing it because I was in the house and being forced to go to church on Sunday. I wasn't doing it because I had to be the worship leader. I wasn't doing it because I had to, you know, if I didn't go, this is what they would think of me. It had reached a point where it's like, you've already thought it when I wasn't doing it. So it clearly doesn't matter what I'm doing. And so it's like my bubble had been burst. And so I was forced to like recreate almost what my reality of it was and why I was doing it became a reason. Like it's actually why are you actually Christian because you are, or are you a Christian because you have been taught or are you a Christian because it's expected of you? And now it became that journey starting, but it started from that handshake of it's so good to see you back. I was just like, <laughs> what in the Pharisee nonsense? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, that's so interesting. Yeah, um, that's actually very interesting, Gadonia. I think my faith, I always viewed it as very personal, to be honest. I gave my life to Christ at a vacation Bible school when I was nine or nine years old. Um, and maybe it was the environment I grew in. I just really felt that it was always my personal work. So even when I was doing these things, and I'm going to call it like in terms of organized religion, which is now like the going to church, the service, the um, the things that you do, um, at that time, I didn't feel like it was demanded of me. It was my way of gratitude to God. It was my way of worship to him. I, I, I never got that sense that it was a must. Um, so in that sense, I always viewed it as it's, it's, my, it's my way to say thank you. Yeah. Um, but then... Uh, I feel like I've always been fluid as far as uh, I, I always found it interesting that people had this perception of this church is right or this person is holier or this denomination is greater or that kind of thing. Which is mm. a huge debate in Kenya, especially. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's wild. still quite a bit so of hierarchy or... Um, superiority discussions in terms of who does what and some of them are valid in terms of you know 
personality driven churches versus maybe church based bible based bible based doc- solid doctrine kind of um churches so there are all these other splits um that can happen but when i moved away i couldn't find a church similar to the one that i had attended and grown to love um i did find a really good community at a different church and that's when i started to feel like actually in this sense of service it doesn't make me less devout or less um christian or less lovable by god to not do like for me faith was always like you have to act act in terms of if you're not serving then you're not faithing um so i think that's when i started to be like oh actually just what's the basic of faith of gathering you know it's not a must that you have a building because the church i used to go to we we, we used to meet at a place that was a club at night so they used to have like a team that would even come and like pick up condoms in the morning to clean up (laughs) yeah i've been to a church like that (laughs) yeah so that's the first struck by lightning (laughs) no (laughs) but that's the first time that church felt deconstructed to me in in the formality of of things but even then it still felt personal but then i started to work like gadoni in an industry i worked in retail and the weekends is our busiest Yeah. yeah so uh it meant that i had to work on sundays and it meant that now it was up to me not to follow the 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 regular path um and so i went to bsf uh i started doing bsf is bible study fellowship um so it's basically where for the period of a year which is like nine months really um you go into the details of one specific book of the bible um and basically you you can the the way you study the bible is for yourself so there is like a kind of and they call it a lecture because it's supposed to be more intellectual kind of based but you're also learning for yourself so like you'll read this part to this part and it will ask you based on your personal life how has this impacted you but bsf was also very strict yes so i think I think my, yeah, I feel like when she was starting it in Uganda, it didn't feel like it had the my same. My experience vibe. of BSF in Uganda was not the, the same way as it Nairobi. is in the Nairobi mm. time because we did go to BSF as children. Mom took us once, but yeah, it was very was regimental. You know, you couldn't be late and all of that. And in Kampala, they still had those rules, but it didn't feel as. I guess like army you know like <laughs> yeah because yeah. I remember the rules they were like be here on time you can only miss a certain number of sessions yeah. before you're dropped and, yeah. Yeah, and you have like, a wait list and this is dang. what's happening it's just yeah. like but I think like also now it's also come down because I feel like when we were younger it was very specific places that have it and I think now they're like it's not only the Monday night thing it's like there's different churches it's different days of the week so it's becoming smaller and more accessible which I think also is easing that feeling because I've, I've to be honest it's also free it's a free program so um the materials are printed by someone else and all of that so you can imagine that they don't have space for people who would not be committed to it right mm. so 
thinking about it from that point of view i'm like i can understand why they would want people to be but then over time it has grown it's in many countries they have more funding people donate um and that kind of thing so that's that kind of became my church um and i guess maybe at that time i was also really going through a lot in my relationship and i didn't really feel like i had the support that I needed even from the people I knew in the church. Um, and maybe we'll get into that when we talk about like the disorientation we've faced, um, where faith has uh, come into play. But that's really when I started to focus on knowing God for myself outside of the structure. So right. I still feel like structure is important. So I still relied on, I still loved to do BSF. Um, because I like, I, do, I don't want to just, don't just speak to me poetically about something you have read or whatever. I wanted to know for myself. I wanted to be like, this applies to me in this way. Um, how have I been unforgiving? Or, you know, for myself was a really big part of, of it in that, in that sense. Yeah. Now, where she go? How did you? Now, Mimi, um, when did I experience faith for myself for the first time? Um, when did it become personal? Well, I think for me, similar to Gaboni, it was around that 18, 19 um, age mm. mark range, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to college in Miami and we did not know anyone in Miami. It was me, myself and I. Um, my husband now went to school in Miami too, but we didn't go to the same school. Yeah. He was 45 minutes away. Mm. So um, we only used to see each other sporadically until like he got a reliable car and then it was um, more frequent. So um, when I went to Miami, I really had to plug myself in and put myself out there because um, I feel like being Christian and surrounding myself with the faith was a very easy before i left the house because whether or Mm. not i wanted to be surrounded by that crowd that was a crowd i was going to be surrounded with Mm. i was put into a very strict christian um high school where we would have chapel all the time Mm. i had to take religion classes and learn about different religions learn about christianity so that i learned about sikhism i learned about judaism all these islam and everything so that you can be able to have debates and conversations with people from those other religions on how christianity is superior Superior. or whatever it was so Mm. i was very drilled and another thing that i need to mention is that from the age of seven so i would say second grade Mm -hmm. all the way through eighth grade i practically was homeschooled so i did this um curriculum called ace it's accelerated christian education and as much as i went to a school for it um some of my schools would have 30 people 11 people and these people are all from the age of like four to high school you know what i mean Mm. so you might be the only one in your class or Mm. like one other person in your class and everything is pretty much it's pretty much a system structured for homeschool a lot of christians use it for homeschool out here Mm -hmm. so the bible was drilled in me from an educational perspective too and let alone all the church things that we talked about um already so 
when I moved to Miami, I was very intentional on finding things out for myself. So I joined um, the Bible study that my school had, the club that was, I don't remember what it was called, but it was just a Christian club that we would have Bible study, I think, every Wednesday. Um just in the cafeteria and there were two guys who would lead the bible study and they run the club or whatever it was Mm -hmm. and it was just cool to see like very normal people who are into church too you know what i mean yeah i feel like in kenya it was kind of like you had to act a certain way and even as much as i like church wasn't miserable for me i really hated the sermons and all that stuff (laughs) i loved the worship because i loved to sing and be um, involved in that and i really liked my youth group because i had a really good youth group leader Mm. for a really long time and we would do fun things like go to um, paintballing or go to hell's what's it called hell's kitchen Gate. Hell's Gate. <laughs> wow, Chef B, is that you? <laughs> We'd go to Hell's Gate for like the w- weekend or mm. Limuru or Brackenhurst. So we used to do really fun things. And I noticed that um, when I moved to America and went into my group, mm. it was very, uh, like, uh, so, hold on, let me go back. As much as we had those many fun activities, I always felt like I needed to act a certain way in order to be accepted. Because That's... number one, I am at church. Mm-hmm. And number two, I am technically a pastor's kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not mm. a pastor's kid, but I'm the worship leader's mm. ca- child. So everyone mm. knows who I am. So I felt the pressure to act a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, so... On Wednesdays, we'd have Bible studies in college. And then on Tuesdays, they would actually rent a van and take us to a church for their nightly youth group or whatever. Oh. And this youth group was called Rendezvous. This is Rendezvous. Rendezvous. This mm-hmm. is by Pastor Rich Wilkerson. Yeah, and this is before he started Vu Church. Mm-hmm. So I really liked his vibe and all the pastors that used to do Rendezvous at Trinity. And it was super cool vibes. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, it's this a is what room full can of, be. <laughs> yeah, entertaining. Or a room full of people who are college or late high school, like like minded individuals. Mm. And like, it doesn't feel forced. It just mm. feels like we all opted to stuffy. be here. It's not stuffy. Even the way he preaches, yeah. it's not pretentious. He's mm. wearing jeans. His jeans are ripped. He's good you know? Hell. Like he dyes his hair or whatever, you know, just like little things like that where you're just kind of like, oh my gosh, he's so normal and wearing Yeezys and Mm -hmm. this is what a pastor in church can be, Mm -hmm. you know? So I started going to Trinity Church, which is the church that this um, particular service was held at Mm -hmm. and it didn't feel forced to me. The church was run by his parents Mm -hmm. and as much as they're older, they still have such a cool vibe Mm. and very real and straight to the point. Mm. And the worship was phenomenal at that church. Mm. And then when he started his own church is when I started um, going to his church. And let me tell you something about the vibe of that church. I think Yam, you had even mentioned it when you came to whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it almost made you feel like you can be in ministry and Mm. it not be pretentious you know what i mean Mm. like i love the lord but i also love having a glass of wine but i also love like doing all this shit you know what i mean that's not necessarily wrong but it's just frowned upon Mm. when it comes to 
the church. You yes, know what like I you mean? You can be Christian and sip wine. Exactly. Though Jesus, let's not get into that. Never mind. Exactly. But that's where I really found faith for myself. Mm. Now coming to Atlanta, I don't really feel like I've really found a church that I vibe with kabisa mm. like i've been to so many and there are some that we've been consistently going to like for the like maybe when i say consistently like maybe for two years we went to one mm. and then we were like okay maybe we want to switch it up and then now also covid happened right. so after covid i really haven't gone back to a church where i feel like okay this is what i call home and then the thing about churches in america too is that they're so massive especially in the south there's yeah. a church at every corner so it's very hard to get plugged in mm-hmm. and i feel like i enjoyed church more when i felt like i belonged there yeah rather than like even in miami i would go for community service events like i would sign up for their newsletters i would do a lot of things with like smaller groups in yeah. the church like go for like i think once or twice i went for um one of their bible studies or whatever it is mm-hmm. but with a big church like these ones in atlanta i'm like damn like how you're do you get a number in? you're basically. just a number yeah. so it doesn't feel intimate and it doesn't feel like i want to keep going you know what mm. i mean so that's kind of my time where i feel like i really started experiencing faith for myself okay. and like really getting into it and yeah but with with church comes a lot of struggle i feel yeah so is there something like now in the church you feel like you've struggled with or you disagree with when it comes to like church oh yeah there's a hell of a lot (laughs) (laughs) no should i say that (laughs) you're like a dream say what hell Hell. of a lot (laughs) you're gonna be struck by a lightning (laughs) um okay so i feel like where i feel like the church went wrong or something that really disappointed me or i disagree with when it comes to how things are spoken of is the conversation of purity and I don't know if you guys feel like this could be a whole other episode when it <laughs> comes to our view on bro. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it almost felt like you're a teenager. All this shit is going on with your body. We're not going to acknowledge it. We're not going to tell you how to handle it. We're just going to tell you abstinence, abstinence, abstinence. Mm-hmm. And then when you get married, where are the babies? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a very big sure. disconnect when it comes to that conversation in the church and it's also very judgmental in people's decisions and everything like that that is one area that i really struggled with with the church and And i also felt like the pressure was more on girls because then it becomes what are you wearing why aren't you wearing this so i remember like being called out for sleeveless tops because you're going to make the boys seen and it's just like what have my shoulders done Another thing I feel like they put a lot of pressure on, to your point, is dress code too. Mm. Because growing up, it would be like, ah, those shorts are a little too short for going to church. Mm. And I'm like, okay, so if you feel like these shorts are too short for church, why would you let me have them in my closet? You know what I mean? Like, I'm very, Mm. like, if it's inappropriate, if it's it's inappropriate. You know Mm. what I mean? If I'm comfortable enough to wear this to the mall and be okay with it, why should I not be comfortable wearing it to church you know because what you I mean? need the boys to see no but why it just doesn't make any sense like how you're expected the separation to. exactly yeah. and this is one thing that growing up in a non-denominational church especially in my high school years really helped with because mm. the church that i went to didn't care about that stuff mm. like 
you could lead worship on stage wear your jeans and wear your whatever mm. you know what i mean like it wasn't that big of a deal in the church that i ended up in um during high school but off yeah. the top of my head those are the two things or the two topics that i feel like i disagree with how the church handled um like in a nutshell <laughs> so what's interesting is for me i felt like the purity discussion was there but it's not that they would hide or not discuss it it was very clear that it was the biggest sin um i think it's drummed in you as in your teenage years and maybe it's just to discourage people from exploring that side of thing but i remember feeling so guilty um all the time even thinking about someone being like sexy or you know yeah, yeah. Oh god, god forbid even using word? sexy you know yeah. so um i think that and and i've been in various places where we've had the conversation about what that does to a woman now when you've been drilled in this way and then now you get married and even the thing that you have been waiting for this whole time is now feeling like a dirty sinful thing because the only way sex is discussed in the church yeah. is the sin the the sin aspect of it or how disgusting it is or how God frowns upon this thing. And I mean, now going into what I've struggled with, um, with the church, I think for me, it was the same thing as far as double standards is, um, when I was having my own issues, I didn't feel like the church was as strong on the position of adultery. Um, so, in premarital sex it's most certainly a sin yeah. but when it comes to after you're married sex and someone is cheating on you then i felt the the way the church frames the conversation is a lot more towards grace mm. um forgiveness um exactly love is patient love is kind um and that uh, this comes around to now the God hates divorce and he always wants for renewal of marriages and you know you can't make it when you're cheated on you can leave though yeah but uh, and this is now where we're saying the difference between faith and and religion yeah so for me the challenge at this point now became that I loved God. I really believe in him. Even to this day, I don't think I would be alive if it were not for God. For sure, I have not kept myself through all the things I've been through. There has to be, I, I really do believe in him and, and everything in my life being um, a part of his, of his plan. But I was just like, I love God. I love Jesus. I hate his children. Um, because I really felt wow, that's deep. Yeah, I really felt Same that sense. actually I'm judging him based on the interpretation that his children have given yeah. of him. Mm. Um, Ooh, and yeah. <laughs> this is the someone I needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maybe so um, <laughs> which is the why one that brought me on my knees. Yeah, <laughs> so so which is why i was very deliberate to now focus on bsf because now i was learning him for myself not trickled through anyone and i didn't feel that anyone needed to transcribe or translate, translate or tell me what i needed to do but i also felt that there was um i think i think based on the things that the church frowns upon and this is not even biblical 
like you like you pointed out sometimes it's not from a point of uh doctrine yeah. bible doctrine it's just a point of tradition yeah this is how things have always been done yeah so because of that i feel like people lean into tradition and forget grace forget mercy because i was just like when it's convenient though also the leaning is only when it works i suppose so but the thing i found is um and i guess that's the convenience you're talking about when it comes to people who are struggling in difficult relationships let's let's call it adulterous you know your your person is now in the scrits um but you're in a monogamous marriage yeah um and i just don't feel even to this day that the church stands up loud enough to call out men who are doing these things um it's it it ends up being a a hush hush conversation in the in the whatever and yes and a lot of women are being told to forgive and pray harder um and I think that's where my disillusionment with the church began. Um, But I was also very careful to understand that my fight was not with Jesus. It's not God. Yeah. It was with the gatekeepers. I get it. Yeah. That's exactly what they are, gatekeepers. Yeah, because I have two big issues with the church. And the first one is gatekeeping. Huh? My first one is gatekeeping. Oh, okay. Because I feel like there's a certain level of... In religion, it's that thing of fix yourself and come to the church, right? You have to be a certain way. You have to act a certain way. You need to be a certain... And then once you've done all of that, you come into the church and then you get better. But ideally, if you read the Bible, it's the complete opposite of that. Where it's like, Jesus went to a well with a woman who had five husbands, who none of them were hers. And was like, sub girl, how you doing? How you been? How you living? Everything about him is with the people who the church would ideally not accept. And it blows my mind that the church would be doing exactly what they read every day the Pharisees did in the Bible and be like, but we are right. I'm like, just because you're saying Jesus' name doesn't mean you're not exactly the same. It blows my mind that if Jesus was to come back in this day and age, the church as it sits would treat it exactly, would treat him exactly how the Bible church people treated him. And I'm like, how do you not see that you're doing the exact same thing where it's like, I'm better than you. This is who I am. I am this special. And until you reach my level, you do Holier not deserve. Than thou. Yeah. And you don't deserve. It's a policing. Yes. And you don't deserve to come into this space until you're like me. Until you fixed yourself. And which I'm is like, kind the point of, like... of the church is to fix yourself. So how, why do I need to fix myself on my own in order to come into a space to be fixed? I'm like it. It absolutely makes no sense. And by the no way, it is not even me. the church that is fixing. It is God. True, but it's like they have decided we are the ones who can. We are the ones who are going to do. You know, like how you have a school grading system where it's like if you get an A, you can go to a national school. If you get a, it's like they have decided that the ones who can let the people who will come to God. And I'm just like, sir, ma'am, God is everywhere. He already knows. You can't police for him. So why? I'd, I've never understood that part. I know the thing is, even when you ask, because I'm just like, the Bible says there's therefore now no condemnation. But then you want to be the one to condemn me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> huh? Because I don't, I, I really struggle with that because I'm just like, 
why are we gatekeeping? Because there's so many people, like Nyamo saying, it's not Christ that they hate, it's the Christians. But if you hate Christians, if you don't like who they are, you don't want to be like them. So you're ideally turning people away from what it is you want them to be because you're so horrible. You know, all the conversations I've ever had with people who are non-religious or atheist or agnostic or whatever it is, they've the problem with the church has never been with Jesus, Jesus or Facts. God. Like it's always, with oh, I don't people. like how these people do this, that, and mm-hmm. the other. It's always about how the people in the church behave mm-hmm. rather than... Um, the actual basis of Christianity. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's what I'm I'm pointing to is that many times we forget the message of Christ or the message of God, which is love, which is unconditional love, yeah, and go straight into the rules. And those are not spirituality or faith. Um, those, are those are rules that have been highly enforced through now the traditions of organized religion yeah but the thing about the church also is like that um agree to disagree but still love you is not a thing that's applicable especially when your sin yeah that is very i hate that word i hate that phrase um but especially when it comes to like lgbtq plus um community and all that stuff Mm -hmm. um i get if you do not want to accept the act based on your personal views Mm -hmm. you are a hundred percent allowed to feel the way you feel mm-hmm. about that but what i cannot get over is how people in the church treat people differently based on their sexuality or whatever like the craziest part to me is like we spend so much time in church talking about what people do in the privacy of their bed than the freaking mission of jesus <laughs> you know what i mean because yeah. like it goes back to the same thing i was talking about the whole purity conversation the whole lgbtq plus conversation there's so many other things that are so wrong in this world and so wrong in the church that could be emphasized that could be focused on but yet we choose to mm. be in people's beds yeah and just like to promote hate which run and it's, to promote it's hate. against everything you I'm know. like, just because you say, I love you, but I hate you, it doesn't mean you're not being hateful. Exactly. And the basis of religion is love, okay? Yeah. It just blows my mind. The thing that I also challenge people with is, you know, where God is concerned, sin is sin. Sin yeah. is sin is sin, yeah? So, don't be out here lying to your boss about why you are late, but so quick to point at someone else and be like, oh, but yeah, there's you know, a hierarchy. Gay. Yeah, so there's this... Mm-hmm. An underlying hierarchy of this person is worse off than me. And my sin is forgivable. Yeah, or just because your sin is hidden, so to speak, like not everyone is seeing it, yeah. then you're, you put yourself at on a pedestal compared to someone else. And mm-hmm. all of it is wrong. But the way I feel the church is set up is to continue to perpetuate that some things are more wrong than others. Um, whether you can now tie that down to social or cultural views or yeah. etc etc at the end of the day i feel like um there is there is a, a an agenda also so it's it's it ceases to be the agenda of christ uh and now is it's, a show. it's what what i mean nowadays churches have pr teams yeah 
because you're trying to get as many people in you're trying to and i don't think there's anything wrong with running church as a business however it's a show now it's how i can take people from one place to the other like and when i say a show like it's how holy how much holy am i to you like how is my life better than yours which is why i struggle with churches honestly because it's always Mm -hmm. like all these pretentious ass people sorry i'm so heated because i really it's very annoying all these pretentious people who come to church and are talking about oh my gosh i can't believe you would let your daughter do her hair like this talking to mom like with my different colors in my hair or whatever but your marriage is falling apart your husband is at the bar (laughs) and i know his side bay you know what i mean she's pregnant and you know but But yet your conversation is my braids being a different color at the church and (laughs) i know i've talked to you guys about this but because we're talking on religion and going back to like my childhood and everything like i remember a session where we were sat there and we were taught how to speak in tongues so they brought a pastor and the pastor was pretty much like oh you know this is a gift blah 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 you can inherit the gift or whatever he was telling us he was just like just go really deep into your thoughts start thinking about all the things you want to pray about we're gonna put worship music on and literally we were locked in this room for about two hours and they played the worship music and they were like okay stand if you want kneel if you want and then naturally like say your prayers out loud and you'll be so overwhelmed with the spirit that you're tongue will start saying but gibberish or bible, different things because the bible says in order but, for a translate like for one to speak in tongues there needs to be a translator and i don't know how factual i, I mean yeah if that's what the bible says that's what the bible says <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm not gonna fact it's check you we're not all gonna be in the room I'm not with gonna the same fact gift check you, but then yeah so like i felt the pressure to be like okay so this person is raising their hands let me raise my hands let me kneel let me try and pretend that i'm crying mm. or like let me start gibberishing and getting deep into the whatever and it was so totally an act but then i walked out of there feeling like was this real do i really have this gift now i can do it or whatever it is but it's just weird like why would you ever put a child through that and why would you think that's okay that's crazy like anyway was that your second one huh was that your, you had said you had I, a second one. the lgbtq plus and then whatever i said earlier the oh, purity okay. conversation yeah. so i'll be honest yeah. with you um when i was now going through this situation and thinking about the double standard in the church i also started to think i mean it brought up a lot for me also and i think with our folks splitting and both of them being christians that's when i started to feel very disassociated from the church because there were a lot of people even family members who treated us differently because we came from a broken home and, and so maybe you guys are and still we do. experienced it more though like do. because i'm yeah. telling you there's some of our siblings who were really close to mom before they divorced mm-hmm. and they literally said yeah we're part of this church blah 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 and because of that we can no longer talk to you, talk to you or be friends with you or whatever it is and i'm like what the fuck like what kind of religion is this that you're so involved in that you're go- i don't know yeah so i think that that's i don't and i don't know if that's the religion part of things that where you feel like you believe this thing so much that the compassion and kindness of christ goes out the window because i remember and maybe it's because i was a little older people would pity me or have conversations with me around like oh it's too bad that your parents are divorced you know they'll go to hell that's not what 
Oh my god. I'm telling you. It is so wild. So it's it's thinking back to things like that. And you've been told in church that hell is this dark place. So I'm living my life knowing my parents are just going to burn. Exactly. So I feel like sometimes the church again gets really caught up in these do or don'ts or rule based point of view that the compassion becomes at the bottom of the pile which is quite unfortunate and that that i think was one of the things that for me i was like okay um maybe i need to to rethink this and after that there's a long time i i think i spent maybe like three or four years not going to church mm. let um, me ask you this um still, before you have your other yeah. point sorry i know but mm. on the, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine <laughs> sorry but just based on what nyam said yeah. you said that you were treated that way um after mom and baba's divorce right so what was the treatment for you going through a divorce like with family and friends i don't know if so, they if they treated you any different they shouldn't be your friends but so i will say by the time i was going through my divorce i think i think the folks divorce was pretty early days christians didn't get divorced you stuck yeah. you stuck it out for the sake of your faith or whatever else um and to be honest i stayed a really long time working on my relationship with no change because of those voices in my head of god hates divorce you will go to hell um and for me i also didn't want to be like my parents because everyone had told me they were damned yeah um and also thinking about it there was also that that statistic you know that if you're from a broken home then you will never sustain a relationship as well and i god i hated i did not want to be the statistic so i did work extra hard in a really difficult situation um to to hang on based on what i thought was um ticking the box of um my faith and so i i feel like because of that i i was already in a frame of mind of what what would people think um and then i think it was being in therapy that kind of helped me process through that um and i'm so grateful that i had a therapist who was also uh, a believer because that's what i i needed someone who would understand my frame of mind Uh, <laughs> sorry corona has walked in so we're just here hoping she doesn't step on anything <laughs> and cut off the conversation yeah but so um i still did feel a lack of support i don't feel like people would understand and yet a lot of my friends were also christians um because again like i said the the thing you're supposed to do is not fail you forgive you yeah. try you stick it out you vomilia um but it is through therapy that uh i learned that you cannot take god at his word for only one thing and not the other so if god has given only one out for the thing that he despises and so hates um why is it that you would be willing to continue to fight him but also stay in it and say He's the one keeping me here. 
Yeah. Um, so I guess it required a lot of deep spiritual work for me as well. Um, I still felt like it was frowned up upon and that's also part of the reason I stayed away from the church because I did not want to have the conversations of and I still had them everyone would just be like oh it couldn't be worked out oh did you go to therapy did you talk to a pastor um it is simplified yeah and because it is also very rampant in in the church it's like you have failed in your grace as opposed to he has failed in his commitment um yeah so it's 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 a tricky thing but i think i just got to the place where i was like now me i'm living by myself if i die here the church will bury me you know it, it that will be it so um i think i got to the place where i stopped worrying about what the church would think um, in this situation and to be honest in the last maybe especially three years I've seen the church kind of pivot around this issue of divorce as well just starting to realize that it is a thing that is happening so to ignore it or to judge people on it or make people leave the church because of it is to also not address the needs of your congregation yeah so there is a change i think now more but that it doesn't change the stigma mm-hmm. yeah people still have that i feel like the family is still that thing of there's still certain people who are like it's wrong but i guess yeah. you know and by the way by the time i was now making the decision that this is what has to happen yeah. i i did it knowing that it means some of my friends and relatives not friends some of my relatives will never understand and will judge me for life because yeah. of it mm-hmm. because of how they treated us when our parents uh, divorced yeah. but i was okay with that outcome also okay. yeah yeah um so my second one <laughs> finally <laughs> we hear finally people my second one is um I disagree when it comes to religion that it has to be driven by fear. I feel like a lot of what religion is is very fear based. It's you'll go to hell. It's I remember getting saved and the reason I got saved we'd gone for a camp with Nairobi Chapel and they put on this really scary cartoon type thing and the kid disappeared or something it was just so scary and it was just like you see this one child they didn't do the right thing is it left behind hold on no it's not left behind those books were wild it wasn't left behind it was something else right i can't remember it was a cartoon and there was a scary scene and we were in the dark and i remember crying and they were like who wants to get saved and i was crying not because i was like the holy spirit has moved me it's because wait where were you an Arabic chapel. We went to a school. Is it or the heaven like or hell's flames? I can't remember. No, what that was. one is a play. But, but that one is also very scary. intimidating. Turn around. They have all it the fire and everything. And so then... it wasn't that. That's the one I feel like a lot of people have trauma on that one. But I don't remember what it was. I just remember I was so scared. I was crying, and they called people to the front, and I was like, I can't be like that kid because like all his squad left, and he was just so scared, and he's going to burn forever. Mm-hmm. And I think for me it was that he was young, so I'm just like. I can burn from now till like forever. I'm just, it irritates. Like everything in me gets so mad at how 
It's all fear-based. It's all fear-based. It's always, if you don't do this, this will happen. And if you do this, this will happen. And it's always something so dramatic. Please excuse the background noises. My dogs are wild. Yeah, it's welling up in here. Um, Corona and Cornelia. Stop. Get in here right now. In Hold here. on. We're getting the babies. You sit down and behave. Go to your bed. I'll put you in your bed if you're not serious. <laughs> and you too. You need to stop all that whining and grinding. Look at her licking her mama. Okay. Too cute. Sorry, I have to be a mom and a parent. It's fine. Even so, this household is run on fear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those things where I don't understand for something that is not meant to be based on fear. Why every decision, like all of the decisions I remember making, it was so, if I don't do this, this will happen and this will happen. And there's always such a consequence. And it's not a thing of I'm making decisions based on, I feel like it's the right thing to do. It's if I don't, I gonna burn in fire and brimstone forever. Yeah. You know what's so interesting about what you're saying is I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about religion. And one thing that they had mentioned was they almost feel jealous. And they had just a little background story. They grew up similar to how we did in the mm. church. And they were saying how they almost feel like jealous of the people who find faith for themselves like people who grew up like in different faiths and then were like you know what i'm not gonna be muslim anymore i'm going to go christian or like a switch of religion or like grew up believing nothing and and then then came into a faith of their own because Mm. they see the religion for what the religion actually is Mm. rather than all the bullshit that comes with it you know what i mean so um to wrap things up the last question we have is what is your belief system now? Where do you stand with your faith? Yambra? Okay, yeah, so I still believe in Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, in in God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, <laughs> I'm speaking um, in the tongues she goes through. I think <laughs> I think I'm also more comfortable with challenging um, things about uh, religion. Um I'm also very comfortable with questioning God Um, because I believe if the creator of the whole universe is so mighty and so strong, he can handle a doubt. He can handle a question. So some of the things I process through is predestination in the sense that can, if knowledge of Christ is the only way we have eternity in heaven, why is it that the people in Asia who are born into Buddhist communities, does that mean that God intended for them to have damnation? All yeah. the ancestors in Forever. Africa before the, col- the people came. Before colonization. Mission. Right. Does it mean that everyone burns in hell? Is it that we are chosen? Um, yeah. But I, I feel like many times in the church structure, there has not been room for those discussions to be had. It's very categorical that this is our position. So to question it is to is is taboo or or doubt, um, which I feel is still unfortunate. Um, 
but I am also a big proponent in knowing your faith for yourself. Um, personal relationship is important. And that doesn't mean that if you have some kind of mentor or that you go to church and, and you know, have a pastor that you like and helps with guiding you, I don't think that that's wrong. But I feel like you should be able to challenge what the man of God says. Um, and that can only be if you are reading the scriptures for yourself. Um, yeah, so I, I'm still very much a believer. I, I don't think I follow the structure anymore. That is, uh, what, what was laid out for me as the right way. So you're not a regular church goer. I'm not, but I feel like COVID also challenged a lot of those things because there are a lot of people who instructed their children, even that, you know, you will, it, it is the Christian thing to go to church until you cannot in a COVID yeah, pandemic, so yeah. does that mean that God has written you off the book of life or whatever yeah. situation? It would mean that we were all then to be damned to hell. Um, so I think it's been good in the sense that people have had to understand that being in the house of God or the building is not the only thing that sustains your faith. Um, but I've been on that page for a long time already. Um, and I have nothing wrong with organized church. I just, um, not at the moment. I'm still uh, working on and healing some of those things. Um, yeah, uh, even things like free labor at the church because it is your gift. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, People get taken advantage yeah. of when they work in the church. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, in the processing of it all is just to have a closer relationship with with Christ. And, yeah, that's, that's my faith as it stands now. Cool. Wanjika, you want to go next? Sure. Um, my stand on religion right now I am still a Christian. I still consider myself a Christian. I do not hold every viewpoint that the church holds. Mm -hmm. And I say church very deliberately because I feel like there's a difference within the church and the faith. And I struggle going to church or I haven't really found my church home or whatever it is mm -hmm. um, that I feel like I vibe with, I click with is my thing. Um, and then also like with all these documentaries coming out of like Hillsong <laughs> pastors and all this shit, you're Jesus. just kind of like, my God, yeah. like the church is wilding right now. You know what I mean? Mm. So personally where I'm at with it right now, um, I do my devotions every morning when I wake up, mm. it's my thing. I wake up, I grab my phone, I go to the Bible app. It's free. It has great, great um freaking what are plans, they plans mm -hmm. depending on your mood even if you just your... do verse of the day exactly yeah, even yeah. verse of the day they've stepped it up have yeah, you seen it has stories it don't has joke. stories and yeah, everything yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, and most of the time these days i've just found verse of the day yeah, yeah. is what would be helpful for mm -hmm. me or whatever and it just gives me a structure to my day and that's that with me okay um myself first thing i want to say is dear church if the children in your house can't be the same, we are three people who grew up from the same parents and we are not the same. Now imagine how much more the children of Christ with all of the things from different parts of the world, you can't have a religion or a Christian fits all thing. 
because what covers me in Africa versus what happens to someone in India versus someone else, stop trying to make it this perfect little box. It's not a box. And the faster you stop being in the box, the easier it will be for the people. Also, the easier it will be for people to stop turning away too. Yeah, because I feel like, yeah, just think about it. Because what you guys did as a plan is not working. Um, Myself, I believe, I'm still a Christian. No. I still love Jesus. I don't want to use the word Christian very specifically. Okay. Because I feel like it has been tainted. I love Jesus, okay? I may be at a point where I feel like Jesus is black and curly-haired, but that's a different story for another day. Um, But I love Jesus. But if I'm to explain what my position is and my belief, I'm going to have to go to the Bible for a second. Stay with me here. I'm not trying to condemn you. I just want to be like, in the Bible, what two parts. First John 4, 7 and 8. Yeah. It says, Beloved, love one another for love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who loves not knows not God for God is love. If First you go all, to John, hold on, hold up, hold, hold, on. Up, hold up, hold up. I ain't done, I ain't done, hold up. In John, okay, chapter one, it starts with, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. God. Yeah. Now in mathematics, you are told equal, if one is equal to two, two is equal to three, then three and one equals the same thing. Therefore, I will take you back to first John. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God, the word. And anyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now the word is love is God, right? He who does not know, who loves not, ideally does not know the word. For the word is God, okay? So if you do not love, you don't know the word, you don't know God. So anytime you come at someone with hate, understand something the bible doesn't back you up okay it does oh my not hold on first of all back you up before you finish your sermon for everyone who is listening to this let me tell you the first two verses that gadoni said were off her memory yeah she was not reading the bible not app. reading the bible up she Both was reading the bible in her head and her yeah, heart no. me let me tell you come I at me like the bible. the bible oh i, I like the bible because hey. i read it and i do it what <laughs> so but for real guys <laughs> fact he who loves not knows not the word for the word is god okay and god is love do not go at anyone with hate and be like i'm standing on jesus he's like who you ta- who you who me nah, uh-uh. so don't at jesus in your head don't at him because you know where he is he's with us at the pride parade okay spreading love also i feel like a conversation we need to have and maybe i should put this as a poll is in the bible when he did the thing for noah and he was like i'm putting the rainbow as a symbol that i will never throw fire again and you guys like using Sodom and Gomorrah where the fire was sent. Oh, I'll never flood the earth again. Sorry, I'll never finish the earth like this again, mm-hmm. right? And he was like, the rainbow is my sign to you people. You think when he was doing that, he was going. To, he didn't know that the people of LGBTQIA plus were going to use that as their symbol. Doesn't he know the beginning and the end? That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation. When you're ready to have a conversation with me, please come at me. You know where to find us. Where at OK Kiasi. <laughs> on everything on yeah. everything that's instagram facebook twitter tiktok okay gmail gmail is at okkiasi <laughs> at gmail.com i'm a wait for your emails please quote bible verses because i have them okay 
Yeah, so we, we really do want to hear. And I, uh, we understand that this might be a very unique experience, but yeah. there's a lot of people who are like us who have become disillusioned mm-hmm. um, in their faith or in their spirit spirituality based on their experiences with traditional religious uh institutions um but we would love to hear from you maybe tell us a little bit about your transition what does faith look like for you now um and like we said this is a place of no judgment uh this is a place of love as Gadani has said. And and you know, the thing is, you don't even have to agree with everything that we've said True. because you come with your own unique experiences and your own unique backgrounds and everything. So even if it's disagreeing, let us stay with the same theme of love and let us know your story. Disagree with love. You know what I mean? Let's have yeah. a debate. Let's talk about these things because we are open because yeah. I feel like these topics have for so long been like, let's not touch it. Let's like, tiptoe around it blah 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 like i feel like it's time people started being open about this kind of stuff yeah also for everyone who's been hurt by the church or someone in the church i want to say sorry i want to send you a hug you're not alone Mm -hmm. um like it's okay it gets better and also it's not jesus who did it so if the church is not someone did it i hate saying this but the church is not a reflection of god it's not unfortunately it should be but it's not so if someone in the church turned you away from what it is you believed try and find it out for yourself because like i said i found it out on my own the second i stepped out so listen i'm sorry because i know there's so many of us who've been hurt even small ways big ways whatever it is Mm. i just want to say on behalf of someone who still believes in christ i'm sorry Hiya yeah. then. Well then, thank you guys that was for listening. Heavy. This was heavy, <laughs> but I think we did a really good job at covering our points of view and hopefully you can see the heart that we are giving. Yeah, we're <laughs> available on all platforms. Please like us, rate us, um, rate the podcast. This goes a long way in getting us in front of the audiences that need to hear what it is we're saying. Share it with your friends. Put it on your story. Tag yeah. us. All Let that us know what you're stuff. thinking. If you think we're crazy, tell us. We'll come with love. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, so, and we look forward to seeing you guys in our next season. We thought this was a nice way to tie it out. All together. Oh my yeah. God. So exciting. Okay, for season one. Last time. I'm Shiko. I'm Nyam. And I'm Gavani. And this has been Okay Kiasi. See you guys very soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.